Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Freedom of Species brings animal advocacy to the airwaves. It's a radio program dedicated to raising awareness about issues concerning animals. This includes animal advocacy, activism, protection, conservation and, importantly, appreciation. The program is broadcast from the 3CR studios in Melbourne, Australia and streamed live via the 3CR website. I'm Kate Gracie and welcome to Freedom of Species. Are you an animal activist who's done public outreach? or even just tried communicating the issue of veganism and animal liberation with your family and friends and colleagues. It's not as easy as it might look, is it? I struggle with it, and I know a lot of people who struggle with it too. It can be so fraught. Well, never fear, help is at hand. For today's show, I'm going to play Joey Carbstrong's talk that was recorded last year at the Animal Activists Forum in Melbourne. Joey might be the last person you'd expect to be a vegan activist. He's an ex-gang member and has served time in jail. But he's now dedicated himself to animal liberation with outreach and education. This talk that Joey gives is directed at other animal activists on the art of outreach and communications. I personally got a lot from it, and I hope you might too. Okay, folks, first up, we have Joey Carbstrong. Now, Joey has a really interesting history here. So Joey is a reformed gang member, drug user. He's a YouTuber, a sober lifestyle promoter, and a vegan activist. His talk today is going to be focused on vegan activism and what he's found that works and what hasn't. This is going to be extremely interesting. Please give a huge, huge round of applause to Joey. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right, so that's the introduction. I'm a reformed gang member, a reformed drug user, and I had a flash of inspiration, and it came when I had an epiphany when I was in prison after about 12 years of going down the wrong track. And I um, got sober in jail, got out of jail, and I went vegan when I got out of jail. And then I had a burning desire inside my chest to do more. And that's what I want to talk to you about, that burning desire. Don't ever deny yourself of that because that's your purpose and it's calling out to you. Okay, so how many people in here are active in some way? It's an activist forum, but some... And who's been doing activism for a while? So you've... Yep, and who's very new to it? Very new to it. So about about half and half. That's cool. That's cool. So it's good to see there's a lot of people here willing to do more. And um, you don't need to reach many people. Just need to reach... Sometimes you just need to reach one. You know, one, one in a year, you could change that person's life forever. So how to spread the message. So I'm going to go straight into activism because, you know, we're all vegan here. We all know why we're here. But you need to know why you're doing activism too. Very important. Um, if, I wasn't, if I was doing this for any other reason, I would have given up ages ago. Really would. Because it's, it's, it can be tough. Knowing the reality of what's going on and being criticised by even other vegans and criticised constantly and still staying strong and spreading the message. So you have to know why you're doing this before you even start. Let that um, reinforce in you 
okay? And that's probably number one. Number two would be be educated. <laughs> be an educated activist. Now, you don't have to be Gary Orofsky lecture educated. You just need to be more educated than the people you're speaking to, and you need to know the answers to the questions that come up. I mean, this is pretty self-explanatory, but if you're going to be doing any outreach, you need to be pretty on the ball with environment, with health. If they ask you questions about iron, if they ask you questions about, you know, global warming, stuff like that, um, humane slaughter. You need to know generally what happens in the egg industry, generally what happens in the dairy industry. The more well-versed you are at this, uh, the better activist you'll be and the more confident activist you'll be. Um, which leads me into angry activism. When I first started doing my activism, I was pretty angry. And because of the past I come from, I come from a pretty hardcore past, hardcore environment, it played into my activism a lot. And when, I, when you wake up to the truth, it's almost like, you know, you've woken up in this nightmare and you wonder why everyone doesn't know this and why everyone's not doing something desperately about it. And you're kicking and screaming and, you, you know, you want people to hear about it. And I wanted people to hear about it. And I was speaking up for the animals like I'd want to be spoken for, so I thought I was doing the right thing, which I was. I was. I'm not saying that there's, this was the wrong thing to do. I mean, I was very genuine in, in, with my integrity for the animals. But... I found that I was narrowing my demographic a lot. I was swearing a lot. I was pretty aggressive. I, was, I, I wasn't using effective communication. Now, we're all human beings, and the thing about effective communication is a lot of the time you won't know. People don't take away the content of the conversation, but they'll remember how it made them feel. So a big part of it for me was putting my ego aside, okay, and doing what was best for the animals. So I've, I've got a no-swear policy on my channel now, um, I talk to people with respect. Um, the thing about that is you don't have to respect what they are doing, but you should respect them, you know, or show them respect, you know, as long as they're not, you know, completely aware of the cruelty that they're committing right there in that moment, you know. But we should always talk pe to people politely and with respect. And I learned that. I learned that now. I've got way more reach than I used to. It's doubled, tripled. Um, my, my views on my channel are going up. People can share my stuff with their grandparents and, and sit there and watch it with their children, which is a massive thing for me. It's, just, it's opened up my demographic heaps, heaps, turning more people vegan than ever before, more vegans active than ever before. Because you can kind of, I found that you can kind of put people off activism too. If, you, if they think, oh, you have to be this angry, aggressive guy when you speak, you know, they're going to be like, well, I don't want to be that person. And you don't have to be that person. But you can, you can. I'm not saying don't do that. I'm saying this is what I found worked better for me. I found it worked better for me. Some people can get away with it, and they do great work, and they get, they're very effective. A uh, good example of that is in Israel, the ALF movement. <laughs> they're getting results, big results. Tal Gilboa, she's, an, she's a fierce activist, a fierce activist. And over there, it works. The culture's a lot different to over here. Over there, they do public slaughter, so they find like maybe a dairy calf that has already passed away in the um, dairy industry. They bring it out. And what they do is they bring the calf out in the open and they do like a sort of a, a public stunt where they've stopped traffic. I don't know if you guys have seen it. And they cut this calf open in the middle of, of traffic, basically. So that type of activism, is, well, it's working over there. But I don't know if it's going to work over here. It's going to be a bit too full on. So, so yeah, there's no, there's no one sort of way that works, but you have to be clever at what audience you're trying to target. We could put a whole bunch of people off like that here if we just did that out in the streets, but it's working over there. So I found talking to people like they're my friend, 
versus us against them has helped a lot too. Um, you know, like just understanding them. Like I was there not too long ago because when I first went vegan, I just completely forgot that I was ever non-vegan. I just thought I'd been vegan forever, you know, like I'm vegan forever. Like, what are you doing? You're murdering animals. But like, I had to remember I was eating a steak about six months before that. And about three months before that, I was in gangs bloody doing, uh, committing other acts of violence myself. So I've got to remember, you've got to come from that place of being humble. And I think it, it's, it's a lot more sustainable um, if you come from that place too. It's a lot more, if you're coming from a place of love and understanding, it's a lot more sustainable for you. You're not going to be constantly fighting the world. You know what I'm saying? It's, uh, that can, that can, we're going to, you're going to experience some kind of burnout anyway, just from doing this. So you don't want to speed up that process. Okay. So we've got to be very careful and mindful of that. Um, if you're not mindful of, of your own energy output and, and your own mental stress, you're going to burn out before you've even known, you know it's even happened. So you have to take some time for yourself. You have to think, is what I'm doing sustainable? You know, these, these are very important questions to ask yourself as an activist. We need to be in this for the long haul. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Okay. This, this movement is going to be happening for the rest of our lives. Okay. This is what we have to think about it as. So don't just go all guns blazing, I hate you all, you're all murderers, and then, then burn out and then, you know, not be in the movement. So uh, it's intelligent um, sort of activism. Now, the type of activism I've found for me to be most effective, this is what I want to share my experience with activism, is making videos. I make videos. Now, making videos is like doing outreach, but with 10,000 people at a time, okay? Now, this is sort of the way I manage my energy output. I could put five, six, seven hours into a video, boom, kick back for a week and it's just, and watch it go. Share it away, share it away. And, and it's turning people vegan. There's still videos I've made a, a year ago turning people vegan still to this day. So the, the way that, so I could be doing outreach with one person, that outreach gets filmed and it gets shared with 5,000 people. Let's just say 10%, 1% of those 5,000 people are non-vegans. I've effectively done um, outreach with a lot more people than that one. So it's a very clever way of spreading the message and the change predominantly, the movement has grown exponentially because of social media videos. It's not because of leafleting, but leafleting is important. We need both. We need both. But you'll see that now that the rise of social media, so has the, has, has the movement right, risen. Um, great example of this, Gary Orofsky's speech. He went around and did about 2,000 speeches for 20 years. Uh, universities, amazing speaker. Someone in that crowd one day filmed it. It wasn't even him. He didn't film it. Someone in the crowd filmed it, the Georgia Tech speech. All right? They posted it on YouTube. Went viral. It went viral. It just three and a half million views or something. Now, the, now I don't know what the percentage rate for people going vegan after watching that speech, but it's pretty high. So you've got to think that that three and a half million people, it's going to be a pretty high percentage of people that convert because he basically says everything in that, in that speech. Without that, no one would even know who Gary Orofsky is. A few kids in some schools, maybe 50,000 students. You can make a video, can reach 100,000 people in a day. All right? A day. Think of the power of that. Um, now, do you need to be some, have some elaborate camera to do this? No. When I first started, I had my iPhone 5, all right? And I had this little belt buckle thing, a new vegan. Um, and I had a belt buckle, I had a little, little microphone. And I was going out in the streets by myself and I was interviewing people about ethics. Um, I was nervous. I was nervous. You know, I was asking some hard questions. 
I was asking questions about the dairy industry, about child kidnap, about murder. How that, do, do you think, are you against these practices? And then I'd ask them if they drink dairy. You know, I was asking some pretty crazy questions. And I was by myself, so I was quite nervous. But the point of that is I had a, an iPhone 5, and that's how I got started, making videos. You can make a very powerful, you don't even need a camera to make videos. You can edit, you you edit other people's videos together. You can become really good at editing. You can get a bunch of my videos, a bunch of James's videos, a bunch of Ed's videos, chop it all together, make it really powerful with some really good music behind it so you appeal to people's emotion. And you can share that up on Facebook. Boom. You know, even if it reaches 500 people, try doing, 500, try doing outreach to 500 people in a day. You know? <sighs> Tell me how you feel after that. Like pulling your hair out. Okay, so even, um, even not, not even what you might consider as activism might not, you might, there's different ways of looking at activism. There's a, there's a whole movement of what I eat in a day girls on, on YouTube. Okay, they, do, they just post what they eat and it's all vegan, what I eat in a day vegan. Now they're getting hundreds of thousands of views. My friend Bonnie Rebecca, she's got like half a million followers. Okay, now she's, it's really, it's a real passive sort of way of spreading the message, but she's spreading it. She's spreading it. She's yielding in all these followers. If she starts going a hardcore animal rights message, she's going to push away 70% of her audience. So it's a, real, it's a very clever way of bringing people in and exposing them very strategically to the message. Okay? It's, a very, it's a different way of doing it. It might not resonate with you, but if it does, do it because it works. It works. You get, and then every now and then, like sort of strategically place a really hardcore vegan message, but without pushing a bunch of people away. You don't see many hardcore activists with a massive social media following. You just don't because a lot of people, it, it's just too much for them. They're not, you know, but if you, if you are strategic in the way that you place yourself, you know, it might be a fitness channel, you know, like, yeah, I'm into fitness, fitness, boom, animal rights here, bang. Oh, fitness, fitness, what I eat, what I eat, like, and then a week later, boom, animal rights. And it's just like, well, well I want to watch him for his lifestyle, but he keeps hitting me with the dairy industry facts. You know, so it's strategy. I mean... It's, it, it can, it, for me, I just like, to, I, don't, I don't open my mouth unless I'm talking about animals, you know, you know, like, but I think strategically we need to think of like that, that sort of thing, like putting our egos aside and say, what, what would be best strategically for the animals? Um, I, I find it hard to do that, but what resonates with you, having a different idea of what activism actually is, um, and everyone does it so differently, we're all so different. I'm a very powerful speaker. I love getting up there and talking about the gas chamber and about blending baby chicks. It's what comes to my heart, and I can say it with conviction. That might not be you. You might be very softer yielding. You might be a hairdresser and just want to, like, you know, talk about the cruelty-free products in your salon and maybe drop in a little few facts. They can't go nowhere if you're doing their hair. <laughs> Think about that. Think about that. Oh, yeah, we've got them. Editing software iMovie, uh, Final Cut Pro, whatever editing software you've got, start where you are, use what you have, and do what you can. You can start right now. Don't need all this elaborate stuff. That's, I see the biggest mistake people make is waiting for that right moment to start doing activism. See them a year later. Oh, what have you been done? No, I'm thinking of a channel name. Just use your, just, that's, a, that's irrelevant. Make it a simple channel name, something that's going to be easy for people to find. And people are more concerned about your content, okay? That's what, that's what it is. And if, you, if you've spent that year just procrastinating, that could have been a year that you've spent in front of the camera getting used to editing. You know, no one's going to really watch your first few vids. No one's going to know, you know, that's, that's good for you because 
you know, let's just say you get 50 people here, boom, 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 and then you're practicing. You're getting used to being in front of the camera, and then a year goes past, bang, you're good. You, you're confident in front of the camera. Then, then you get your following, bang. It, it all comes when you're ready. When, 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 so it happens organically, which is good. So, yeah, social media, the most powerful tool we have. Without that, the movement wouldn't be nowhere near where it is now. Nowhere near. It's a weapon we have. I'm efficient now because I've been so inefficient in the past. Sitting there like for hours wondering how to do this. And, and I've, sp- I've spent half my life for the last three years doing this. So that's, you, you gain efficiency as you get, you get better and better. I would personally probably look up maybe a tutorial on how to edit videos. I never did that. I just try to work it out myself. But after a while of doing this, you get an idea of your style and your flow. So you, you might be out filming for an, an hour. Or you get, come back, we've got an hour's worth of footage. You look at, oh my God, what are we going to do with it? I used to stress right out about it. But now I kind of know. While I'm filming, I know where I'm going to put that, that, that part. I, I could use that there. This is the storyline of the video. So after a while of doing this, you, you, you'll become more efficient. You'll be able to picture how you want your video. What to, even if you picture what you want to do for your video first, and then you go out and get the footage that would best suit the video versus going out and getting three hours worth of footage and trying to piece it all together when you get home. It's hardcore. Searching through footage is hardcore. It, it is very taxic, taxing on your mental state. It, it takes a lot of energy and focus. So be prepared for that. Be prepared for that. But if your passion and your conviction is strong, you will get through it. You will get through it. Even those activists that sit there ser- searching through slaughterhouse footage, that can be very taxing as well. So be aware of that. Um, I want to talk about the outreach I do because that's predominantly what I, I, I feel most comfortable. I think it's great vegan activism. Outreach is conversations. Amazing, it's amazing for activism. Having a conversation with someone that can change their life forever. Planting a seed in their mind that might sprout later on. My outreach tips would be knowing who you're talking to first. People are going to walk up. So let's talk about the platform first. I like to use Anonymous for the Voiceless. I think here you've got AAC as well. What it is is uh, we, we, we show reality of, of, of farms and, and abattoirs on the streets. So we all know pretty well know what Anonymous is. You know the structure. And you've got outreaches and you've got people holding the, 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 the TVs. You can just be someone who holds a TV at first if you want. You know, get used to it. Get used to being out there. But I find understanding who you're talking to is important. Everyone's a little bit different. You've you got, like, say, an older lady with children. You've got to speak to her a little bit differently than you do the bunch of 15-year-old kids that are being smart to you. You know what I mean? So building rapport with who, you, who you're speaking to, talking to them on their, their level. Bunch of 15-year-old kids, hey, bro, what's going on, mate? Do, what do you think? It's pretty messed up, hey? Like, you know, talk to them like they, a language they would understand, okay? And that's how you would communicate effectively. If they're, if they're an empath, you can read it. You can read if they're an empath. They're crying, they're, oh, they're, or they're like, oh, you know, I can't, I love animals, I can't even look at that. Well, if you love, you know, then you speak to that part of them, okay? That's what you start bringing out in them. You go the empathy route with them. You don't start having a logical debate on, you know, deontological ethics, like with like uh, someone who's, whose heart is open. You reach that part in their heart. I had an interaction with a farmer on his tractor. He didn't want to stop his tractor. We're doing a video out the front of this um, slaughterhouse. He didn't want to stop his tractor. And the reason he didn't want to stop his tractor is because he felt bad anyway. He already felt bad dropping his cows off there. He genuinely, he genuinely loved these cows. Crazy, eh? But he didn't want us to stop him and, and, and to make it worse for him. So I spoke to him in his heart. I said, you know, like, you know, you, cl- you clearly care about these cows. You know, but another activist started uh, saying something behind me. 
And he starts throwing it off into some logical debate about environment and stuff. And I said, hey, can you just let me speak to him? Like, I know where to take this. So that's important. You have to read the person and know where to take the conversation. If, if, they're, if they're a logic head, like a lot of people, they're, 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 they're just logical thinkers. Don't bring it to their heart. I still try to because that's where I think ethics is. I just think veganism is about ethics and about animals. I don't think it's... But you can argue veganism on pure logic alone. It's an illogical position to have, carnism. It's a very illogical position. Sustainability-wise, health-wise, and, you know, hypocritical-wise. Because, <laughs> you know, they wouldn't want to be put in that position. So you can argue veganism on logic alone. If you find having a logical debate is better, then go with that. Go with that. So knowing who you are talking to, building rapport, understand the person you're talking to, and being compassionate, compassionate towards them. Having info and resources on you, don't get caught out without no info. You know, that, that person, you know, you could leave. I've got cards with me. I bring them everywhere. I go to the store and I'm leaving them with the cashier at the store. Like, you know, like just, I, I've got uh, cards that have ethics, environment, health. Keep it concise. Don't overwhelm them with two pages of information. Like if you get them watching one of those documentaries, you're off to a good start. On the back, I always use Challenge 22. I always use that resource. It's an amazing resource because I can't personally coach and everyone who's interested in veganism. I can't. But if they're interested, I can just say, hey, sign up for this challenge. Now, I'm very well aware veganism is not a challenge, okay? But it takes 21 days to rebuild a habit. If you can get them on board for 22 days and they educate themselves, and, and this community on Challenge 22 is amazing, Okay, so they sign up, they get a mentor, there's registered dietitians that look after any health concerns they might have, and they do it all as a community. So there's a community of non-vegans all trying out this 22-day challenge. So bang, you've taken care of the community aspect, they don't feel alone, they don't feel isolated. You've taken care of the information aspect, they're getting pumped full of information, they've got a mentor, and then you can go on and make your videos and do your other outreach and, and plant seeds with other people. So it's an amazing resource to have. I always send, send people to Challenge 22, and I think that, that, that that's actually started in Israel a group called Anonymous for Animal Rights. Anonymous for Animal Rights. They've been around for about 25 years. Hadn't, been, hadn't even heard of them. But they've been around for a long time. Amazing things happening in Israel. Uh, the power of showing slaughterhouse footage. Having a debate with Gary Francione about this. <laughs> uh, he's saying that if we show slaughterhouse footage, we are welfareists. We're welfareists uh, because we're focusing on treatment. I mean... I don't know if Gary's ever been on outreach at Anonymous, but that's where you take the conversation. Okay, if they go, yeah, but it could, they could be treated better. Boom, you've got them. Let's take the conversation to humane slaughter, humane treatment. That's where we want it to, to the conversation to lead to. That's the power of the slaughterhouse footage. Oh, but it could be done better. Okay, what does that look like? Oh, but they could be killed humanely. How would you kill someone humanely who doesn't want to die? You ask them these questions. This is where, as outreachers, it's our job to take it away from treatment and to use. Okay? All use is abuse. That's, where, that's our job. Okay? The, the slaughterhouse footage is the catalyst for that. It gets them, boom, out of their head into their heart. Shot, boom, wow. And the, ones, and the thing about showing this, it filters through the people who are interested or, or not as well, doing this type of uh, outreach. People that aren't interested, why do you want to talk to them anyway? You don't want to reach them. You don't want to reach people that aren't interested. You want to reach the people that walk past and they stop. Okay? That's why this uh, anonymous for the voiceless outreach is so effective. It filters through those who aren't interested. does half the work for you. It does. It really does. And you don't really have to convince people that what they're seeing on the screen is messed up 
Okay? Half the job is already done. You just have to ask them a few, few leading questions. Do you think this is okay? Do you think this is necessary? Well, it might be necessary for my health. I need my iron. Okay, what if you can't get iron from plants? This is, this is the conversations that we have. And, and each time they say something, you lead on to the next question. Remain calm, polite, and respectful all the time. It's, it's hard. I, do as I say, not as I do. No. <laughs> so everyone is unique. Everyone is unique. So yeah, if you've got a local anonymous for the voiceless or AAC as well, just any type, even do your own. Do your own. I think if you can, it's a very powerful form of activism. I, I highly recommend. Socratic questioning um, Socrates. I didn't even know who Socrates was when I first started doing this Socratic method. It just come naturally to me. Okay? So Socrates, if anyone doesn't know, is a Greek philosopher. He used to teach people by asking questions. And it's, I find it's the most powerful way to get someone to, to, to think, really. Because the difference with that is, like, if you're just pumping, like, boom, like, you've got someone in the corner, and you're like, environment, health, ethics, like, you're just pumping this information into them, and they're just like, whoa, whoa, like, whoa. Like, you've said it a million times, and it's just normal for you, but this person, like, it's hard for them to, like, take it all in. You know what I mean? It can, they can put up a guard, and, and, you know, I don't know if you've ever got in a conversation with someone like this who's very powerful, very full-on. It can be a little bit like, whoa, like, I'm not even listening to them, but when's this conversation going to be over? Okay. But if you engage with a question, it takes it to another level. Then they go to stop. They think. Okay, so now you've got them thinking. How am I going to respond? Then they respond to you. Okay, now, when they do respond, you do not react with your emotion. That is the key point here. This is how you have a civilized debate. Okay? They might say something that's really offensive to you. You've just sat there peeling through two hours of slaughterhouse footage, and they've said something really insensitive about animals. Now, you feel that emotion, and you wait, okay? And you let that pass. You have to be practice sort of mindfulness, mindfulness of your emotions in that conversation. It's very important. This is this, this is huge. That conversation you have with that person might be the only conversation they have with a vegan ever, all right? So it's very important that you... There's a lot on the line here. Their whole perception of... of Vegans could change, and then that hurts the animals. It really does, because they're like, vegans are like this, vegans are like that. You know, they shut off. So respond. Like, like get inside your head. Okay, how am I going to... Oh, yeah. Oh, really full. Okay, so how am I going to respond to this logically? And respond with a question. Okay? And this is how, and this is how it goes. Oh, but there's a humane way to, to kill animals. Oh, really? Is there a humane way to kill someone that doesn't want to die? You know, do you think there's a humane way to kill your dog? Well, I don't think. Like, I wouldn't want to be humanely slaughtered, would you? Questioning, okay? It's, I can't stress this, how, how effective this is. And it's less intrusive as well. It's way less intrusive than pumping information down someone's throat. We, I do both. I pump a bit of information and ask them a question. So they're like, oh, you know, whoa, now I have to think. Oh, no, he's hitting me. He's hitting me. Outreach is more pumping information, asking questions. But when I do my street interviews, it's purely... Purely questions. So, if you can get if you can get really really good at, I would I'd say find out their ethical stance on other social justice issues like slavery and you know things like that. Are oh, you against slavery? Hey, oh, but you know you you consume dairy. Hey, do you know what happens in the dairy industry? And you know things like that. Find out their ethical stance on any social justice issue and how it relates to what we're doing to animals. And I find that that's a really good way too. 
Another um, form of activism I want to talk about is the SAVE movement. The SAVE movement. Anyone here been involved with the SAVE movement? Yeah? Yep. In Melbourne, yeah? There's a few here. There's a few here, which is, it's happening here, which is really great. It's happening here. The importance of bearing witness as an activist. If you can do it, do it. I think we kind of, we have an obligation to, to see them before. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. It's hard. It is hard, but we're all there together, which is important. We're all there together, and we're experiencing it with them. And I know you can feel helpless in that moment because they're getting driven into the place that they're going to meet their demise. But there's something about connecting with each individual animal that does something to you, okay? It does something to you as an activist. You change the way you speak for animals after that. Huge, massive. You speak with more conviction. Hey, I've seen them. I've seen their eyes before they've been murdered, okay? And I know what they're going through. I felt that with them in that moment. Watch how, how the, the way you speak about animals changes. You know, don't turn into the angry person, but turn into that powerful, passionate, compassionate person. And watch your activism go to the next level because you really understand what's going on in that moment. Another massive part of the SAVE movement, not just connecting with the individual's animals and being there with them before they get slaughtered. It's like, it's like you're kind of at a funeral. You know, the activists, if you're going to have emotion there, express that emotion. It's okay to cry. I've cried at SAVE's. I've cried in Dairy Farm. I'll cry. You know, express those emotions and be there with each other and hug each other and be there for, in solidarity for the animals and understand what's happening. This, this is massive for us as a movement to, to connect like that as activists, to be there together. All that bullshit aside, when you're out at a save, it really puts things in perspective for you. You know, all this bickering and backering that goes on, then you, like, you put all that aside and give each other a hug and say, wow, this is what we're here for. This is what we're here for. If you get 10 people at a vigil stopping a truck, 10 people, oh, it's only 10 people. Everyone's got a phone. Everyone's got at least two, 300, 400, 500 people on their Facebook. So what's that? What have you just reached? You chuck that all on your Facebook, every single one of yours. You reach 5,000 people? More? How many can you reach? Way more than, try getting 5,000 people at a vigil. You don't need to. You just need to put your eyes there. Your phone. This is the power of social media. This is the power of the SAVE movement. If we have a SAVE movement in every city, in every country, with 10 vegans there, all with their phones, that's outreach, man. Showing people, hey, these animals are individuals. Look at them. Look at them. Even if you just get one, well, they can't unsee what they've just seen in their newsfeed. If you just get one person, that's a massive change. This is the, this is the power, of the tools that we have. Like, this is, why, this is why things are growing so fast. This is why they're growing so fast. So, join your SAVE movement. Join the local SAVE movement. Don't think like, oh, yeah, it's only four of us here. So what? It could be only one of you. One of your videos goes viral. Bang. Just turned 100,000 people vegan. I don't know. Like, some, what I do, I've got, I've got my own link for Challenge 22, it, and it shows me, like, I'll put it at the top of my video, and it gives me an idea of who's signed up, of who's signed up because of my video. Pretty cool, pretty cool, because then you like, okay, that one was effective. Bunch of people signed up. Use Challenge 22 when you share your save movement videos, too. Hey, if this video affected you, why not try not eating animals for 22 days? Boom. Leave it there for them. Done half the work for you. Okay, now getting over the fear. This talk, I think, was called Fearless Activism. But a lot of it's like perspective. A lot of it is perspective. I mean, um, like I said at the start, um, why? Why are we doing this? You know, and 
um, when when you understand that, a lot of the fear goes out the window. It really does. It really does. I remember one t- time when I f- it was like my s- second or third interview video. I wasn't hadn't been an activist for long. I was just making video. I didn't really understand. You know, I hadn't really put myself outside of my comfort zone. And I wanted to turn back because I was by myself. I was going into the city and I was looking at everyone. I had, and, and when I first got out of gangs and stopped using drugs, and I had social anxiety. I hadn't learned to socialise without being drunk. So I was going out there by myself and I was asking some questions about the dairy industry, very hard-hitting questions. Um, and I was going to turn back because I just felt like I didn't want to do it. And I thought in that moment, I was like, wait a second, why am I doing this again? Boom, the light bulb went off. It changed my whole perspective on it. I was like, wait a second, I'm trying to create awareness about the dairy industry. Who's more, like, like my small feelings of discomfort or being a dairy slave? You know, it's, it, it put me in, it put a lot of things in perspective for me. Took care of a lot of the fear. But another way to deal with the fear is re- you can remain anonymous as an activist. You don't have to be out there in the public eye. You know, you can be an anonymous activist. There's a lot of things you can do anonymously. Um, you know, there's, like I said, you can make videos, you know, chop together videos of other people. There's other, there's amazing things. A lot of the on- anonymous activists, you wouldn't even know who they are. And they're doing, they're working day in, day out, putting their heart and soul in the, into this. And you wouldn't even know. You know what I'm saying? These, these, are the, these are the warriors. These are the ones that don't get a pat on the back and a thank you. Like I get thousands of comments every day. Oh, thanks, Joey. Thank you so much. You're such an inspiration. You know, that that's, that that's really helps me. really does. A lot of these activists don't even get that, and they're still out there in the, in the front lines, walking through the mud. I just think that that deserves a massive round of applause for those people, for sure. Um. Another thing is dealing with criticism as an activist. Well, it's just going to happen, especially new activists. Wait for it. You go out there, do something, think that was epic activism. I just created a lot of awareness. Boom, criticism. You're going to get it, especially from other people. It's just going to happen. You're going to. The way you deal with that is people are going to criticize you no matter what you're doing, whether you're kicking goals, doing it in the most effective way. You're the most effective animal advocate on earth. You're still going to get criticized. I just turned a thousand people vegan in one day. You're going to get criticized. So you might as well. Do what resonates with you in your heart and sort of just understand that no matter what you, you try, you're going to get criticized. If their criticism is actually constructive, take it on. But if it's not, if there's an ulterior motive to it, like, then, then disregard it. If you think like what you're doing is working, you know, but if it's something like, Joey, maybe you shouldn't say F every sentence in your video because I can't show this video to my kids. I thought about that. I actually was like, you know what, like, I want to be authentic though. I want to be authentic to who I am. But then I thought, wait a second, what's best for the animals? So yeah, criticism is important that we, we uphold, uh, hold each other to a higher standard. But no matter, if you're kicking goals, you're still going to get, if you're kicking goals for the animals, you're still going to get criticized. So just understand that. Understand that. Um, and so courage isn't something you're born with. Not always. Some people are born with courage, but not always. It just comes from gradually stepping outside of your comfort zone. Whatever your comfort zone is, it might be like, I don't want to leave the house. And you take one step out, okay? It's gradually stepping outside of your comfort zone and speaking out in some way. My comfort zone's a lot bigger now. Now I'm getting right in, into the thick of things, okay? But I'm still trying to push the boundaries outside of my comfort zone. This is how you develop courage. Do um, you think like a few years ago I'd be standing up here on stage speaking? to No way. No way. I wouldn't even know how to hold myself. But this, this happens... From feeling the fear and doing it anyway. Major thing. You will surprise yourself. 
You will surprise yourself. I don't, I don't know what to say on outreach. If you've been watching vegan videos for how long? Trust me, all that stuff comes out. It unlocks it. So you get in the conversation on outreach, adrenaline takes over, and you're like, wow. And then you get in the zone, and you just surprise. I'll get people that try outreach for the first time. They were shitting themselves, and now they're just like, wow, I don't know what I was so afraid, afraid of. I was really good at that. That comes from, from feeling the fear and doing it anyway. Um, a lot of people are afraid of the Save movie. They don't know how they will react when they see the animals. But I've, I've had nothing but positive. People have positive um, responses from the Save movement. We're all there together. They, they, they realize that in that moment, they really do. They, they, they have this strength. This strength overcomes them. They realize who the real victims are. Wow. And it gives you this strength, you know? So... Uh, veganism, so the obligation to be active, I mean, we're all here because you've decided to be active, more active, or you have been active for a long time, you want to know how to be a better advocate. But being vegan, it's not enough now. It's not enough, it's just non-participation. It's, it mean, it's you've seen an injustice and you refuse to join in, basically. And the only way the animals get saved is when we intervene, is when we intervene in some way. Now, like I said, we don't all have to be meat is murder with a sign. There's different ideas of what activism are, is. Like, you know, like I said with the What Ain't a Day vegan videos, getting the message out there in some way. But we need to be proactive. And I always think to myself as an activist, and, I, and we need to remind ourselves of this, even if you've been vegan five years, ten years. What would I want if I was in the animal's position? If I was in that cage, if I was on my way to be slaughtered, and would, would I want someone to speak up for me? Yeah, hell Yeah. Save me, I'd be saying. If animals could save themselves, they would. And that's major key. If a, if, if a, if a cow could save her um, dairy calf from being taken from her, they try. They try. The only time a, uh, a cow gets violent is when they take her calf away. You know, they're trying. But they need us. They need us to be a voice. If vegans don't speak up, no one's going to. It's our job. It's our job. And another important thing is um, our job isn't to turn everyone vegan, so don't Go banging your head against the wall and go crazy if someone doesn't go vegan because of your advocacy. That's not your job. Your job is to plant seeds. And there's an activist in Israel. He has a very interesting point. It's called the 100-point system. The 100-point system. Let's just say someone is looking through Facebook and they see a quick flash of the save move. Oh, some, an animal at a vigil. Boom. Let's just say that's 15 points for them. Okay? They're walking past. They get someone, give them a leaflet. Some dairy inf information on there. That's another 15 points. They have a conversation with you at a restaurant. A 30 points. When that person gets to 100 points, they go vegan. Okay? So our job is to plant seeds. I got set Someone said one thing to me. One thing to me. And it was just like, wow, that makes so much sense. That eating um, violence and suffering manifests inside of you. It's uh, the karma thing. That's what spoke to me. That's what I was like, wow, that makes sense. I believed in karma back then. And I was like... You know, so someone could say one thing to you and it could change your life forever. But if they don't go vegan, give it, give it your best shot. Drop a bunch of seeds in them and move on to the next person. That's very important for sustainability as an activist as well. If you're spending too much time on one person that just doesn't want to hear it, you could be using that energy on someone who does, who's ready. So be a very good judge of that. Be a very good judge of that. Do what you can in that moment, but don't overdo it to the point where you're, you're affecting yourself and you're affecting your inner peace, you're affecting your emotional state. You're, you're trying to convince your, fa your father, who's not even ready to, you know, that, oh, get away from me. You know, you can just drop a few health facts. Here you go, leave this documentary there. Move on to mum. Move on to mum. <laughs> yeah, you might feel shame and guilt and regret. You know, I'd still do. 
I still do. You think I feel happy about eating steak for breakfast for the last 10 years? You know what I'm saying? Like, but you, you empower that person and you say, hey, that's all right. we can make a difference. We can spend the rest of our lives giving back for what we've done. Okay? And that's when you empower them to be an activist. And this is how you deal with shame and regret and guilt. You, know, you, 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 you give with the rest of your life back for the animals that you've taken. You know, and this is, this is animals' lives you've taken. So, so this is how you get people to tra- shift that energy uh, from feeling powerless and hopeless to feeling like they can do something. And you give them the, the tools. You say, join your local Anonymous for the Voiceless or join your local SAVE movement or hear, you know, watch Joey Carbstrong's speech on being an activist. Or there's another guy, John Venus, who's a, just a vegan bodybuilder. You know, and he doesn't, he doesn't hit them with the gas chamber talk like every 10 minutes like Joey. He's, he just, he's a walking ex- example of how you can build muscle as a vegan. And he watches his analytics on YouTube. And when he makes a vegan video, he sees them go down. But he's very strategic how he does it. So he's trying to build up his following and then strategically place the animal message in there. Okay, and that's what I would invite you to do. Like, you know, here, look at this beautiful burger I ate. Here, look at the, oh, the sunset. Oh, this is what I did the other day on the weekend. Boom, dairy industry. Subtly. Pepper it in there. You know, so then they're like, oh, well, I didn't expect that, but she's got some cool food. You know what I'm saying? So I've got to keep watching for the food. And that's how you do it. And uh, James Aspie's now going to try to tailor that into his, his approach now. He's done the full-fledged thing, and now he's trying to open up a little bit more to the, more into the mainstream. It, it, it avoids you being in this sort of echo chamber of vegans, okay? So um, another thing I want to talk about is losing hope because um, it can be hard as an activist. Yeah, you, 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 the longer you're a vegan activist, an animal rights activist, you start to become aware of the magnitude of the cruelty and how things aren't changing quick enough maybe, and how you feel helpless. You can't rip them chickens out of that truck or rip the truck driver out and save them or, you know, you, feelings of hopelessness, helplessness, okay, and they can come up and people can become paralyzed by these feelings. They really can. There's a way they deal with it though and the way you deal with it is focusing on the progress, the progress. I've been uh, probably in this, as a, I'd say, a mo- most predominant, uh, outspoken activist for two years only. Two years. In that two years, the movement has grown exponentially. Exponentially. It's exploded. Exploded. If anyone knows about a snowball effect, it starts off really slow. All right? And then it just goes and starts avalanching. Okay? And this is what's happening. I just come back from Israel, the largest animal rights march in history. Okay? 30,000 people marching through those streets. You see what's going on over there? Huge, huge stuff. Nearly every single vegan restaurant in Tel Aviv has vegan options there. It's massive what they're doing over there. And it's just in- indicative of how fast this movement is growing. There, there used to be one Gary Ofsky. Now there's thousands of us, thousands of us with prominent voices, prominent voices that are out there, outspoken, um, leading our own save movements, leading our own um, animal rights organizations. It's huge now. It can't be stopped. It, it's, it's, they can't stop it. It's, it's inevitable now. And this is what we, how we focus uh, um, when we feel like we're losing hope. Never lose hope. You should be gaining hope. But wow, look at this. Uh, we're driving here today. The almond milk um, advertisement on the side of a bus. Dairy industry's going down. They know they are. They know they are. People are waking up. The truth's already out there. Were they going to try to find the most humane way of doing it? <laughs> we'll be on to that. Don't you worry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
And another thing is that you need to recognize that we are not alone. We're not, we are all in this together. And that's, that's, that's part of um, being activists and being big. We're in this together. And there, might be some, there, there might be some division. But even within that division, we're still, you still have community. We still have people to reach out to. Hey, man, I'm feeling pretty messed up today. I don't know how I'm going to deal with this. I don't know. Well, you know, and then you've got someone to reach out. They might, they might be in a different spot to you, and you could, we can talk to each other. This is what we need to be, building community and talking to each other and being there for each other. Some people, you might not understand how, how much this is affecting them. They might have just come out of a, a farm and seen some horrific stuff. Or they're, 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 Everyone's emotionally different. They all deal with things emotionally uh, with subtle differences, you know. Like, not everyone's as thick-skinned as I, and, and some people it really affects but solidarity within the movement, realizing we're all in this together. M- message me. I'll be there for you. Ring me. I'll talk to you. You know, this is what we need. We're talking with each other, expressing how, how this is making us feel and getting through it together. If we are separated, we are so much weaker. We are so much weaker as individuals, you know, like get in the corner against five non-vegans who are like hammering you. But then you've got like, say, five of us and we're like, hey, no, no, this is, this is the information. Jumping on a post with someone and, and backing them up and, you know, things like that. Being in this together. That's what we have to recognize and, and understand that we're not alone. Helps with helplessness. But apathy is the, the biggest enemy. When you get someone fighting back hard, they're pretty close. You've hit a real soft spot with them, man. Like something is making them so uncomfortable that they have to try to justify this. And they're getting aggressive and angry. Anger is the second, what is it? We've got three stages of truth. You've already hit them to the second. Bang, you're on the right track with that person. If they're laughing at you, they're at the first. They're ridiculing you, paying you. Oh, you look at vegan, vegan, vegans eat lettuce. Bang, they're at the first. They keep going, mate. You'll get angry soon. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, no, that's a very good point. But you know what? Old, young, you know, hardened farmer, slaughterhouse worker, everyone has the potential to, to hear this message and go vegan. Everyone has the capacity to feel empathy for others. Some more than others. There's a percentage of people that can't feel empathy. They exist. They're a genetic mutation. Don't bother. Don't bother. Unless you can somehow say, hey, you know, 50 grams of chicken breast a day triples your, your cancer risk, and they start thinking of themselves. That's your only, that, so there's always a way. There's always a way. They might, you know, you might see them, oh, turn, turn the shower off because you're wasting water and they're eating a burger. Then you can hit them like that. But, but so there's, a, there's a percentage of people that just can't feel empathy. And that's my main way of advocating. I try to reach people's hearts because I know that's what's going to keep them vegan long term. I don't say, oh, you're going to lose weight as a vegan. <laughs> what? What's that? No, that's nothing to do with veganism. Veganism is about the animals. About, so I try to reach that side of them. That's why I, predominantly I bring it to people's hearts. And, and if, I, if I can't win that fight, then I'll go to the others. But always try to win with people's hearts. That's what changes the world. If people have empathy for the animals, they have empathy for others, and they open that part in their heart, they stop eating this flesh and it changes their mind. They become clearer. Then, then, they, then, they, then, then they have this massive effect. They start using that, that exercising that empathy muscle. So I want to finish with this quote, but we can, have, we can still have questions and discuss. But um, this quote here is it's a massive motivation for vegan activists. It says, The world will not, will not be destroyed by those who do evil, but by those who stand by and do nothing. Okay? So think about that. Let's all do something. All right? Thank you very much. You're listening to Freedom of Species on 3CR Community Radio. And that was Joey Carbstrong talking at the 2017 Animal Activist Forum in Melbourne. Now some community announcements. Anonymous for the Voiceless is holding a Cube of Truth at Parramatta 
on Tuesday, February the 6th at 3pm. They're also holding a Cube of Truth in Sydney CBD on Thursday, February the 8th at 3pm. Sea Shepherd Marine Debris Campaign are having beach cleanups at Quinns Beach at, in WA and at Redcliffe Jetty in Queensland on Saturday, February the 10th. There's going to be some more Anonymous for the Voiceless Cube of Truths on Saturday, February the 10th. They're going to be in Wollongong, Melbourne CBD and Sydney CBD. The Victorian Brumby Association is holding a rally for the Alpine Brumbies that's going to be in the Fitzroy Gardens in Melbourne on Wednesday, February the 7th at 10am. And last but not least, there will be a rodeo protest that's held by the Ballarat Animal Advocates Association. That's going to be at the Ballarat Polo Cross Grounds on February the 10th at 4pm. All of those events are on their respective Facebook pages and will make their way onto our Freedom of Species Facebook page in due course as well. That's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in and big thanks to Joey Carbstrong and to the Animal Activist Forum. If you want to follow us, we're on Facebook and on Twitter and I'm going to leave you with a song called Elements. It's by Lemon Jelly. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.